For nearly 30 years, I've been waiting until I was different before I got involved in my own life. It was me saying, when I'm slim and healthy and I don't overeat, I'll be confident, go swimming, get fit, have fun and feel carefree, find success as if success was something I'd just stumble across. I'd be liked, I'd be good enough. While I was focused on food, it was as if I'd press the pause button on the rest of my life. That well-worn phrase, what you focus on gets bigger, yep, that was definitely the case for me when it came to food, my body and to binging. So I stopped waiting and I started building in more of what I enjoyed. Welcome to the Yo-Yo Freedom Podcast. This is the place to learn actionable step-by-step tools and strategies to help you stop binging or overeating and start feeling relaxed and confident around food so that you can show up for your life on your terms. I'm Gemma Keys, and I know firsthand what it's like to feel out of control around food and trapped in the pain of binge eating and body shame. There is a way out. Keep listening to discover your path to food freedom. Today, I'm going to get a little bit more personal than usual, but hopefully in a way you'll find really helpful. So in this episode, you're going to hear about the four changes I made that finally helped me move away from binge eating in a way that actually and finally lasted. And I was struggling with binging and overeating for nearly 30 years, so I'd tried a lot of other things before I got to these. I'm sharing these partly because I hope it allows you to get there more quickly than I did, and also to let you know that even if you've been struggling with binge eating for decades like I was, there is a way to stop, a way to eat differently and to feel good in yourself and also about yourself. I'm guessing some of these four changes might be a little different from what you're used to hearing or what you may have heard before, but these four shifts really did make all the difference for me and they can for you too. I'm going to start here by getting a little bit uncomfortable telling you what my eating and my life used to be like. The reason it's uncomfortable isn't because I'm ashamed, because I understand so much better why the binging was there now, but it's more because it takes me right back to the feelings of being in it, and that definitely wasn't a happy place to be. So going back to my mid-teens, I was a really shy, uncomfortable young person. Maybe all young people feel a little bit like that, and some just hide it well, I don't know, but I was just a square peg in a round hole. I've always been very tall, so I felt a bit separate, and I just tried hard to be liked and always seemed to get it wrong. Honestly, I didn't care about health. When you're a teenager, you just think you'll live forever, right? But I did care about my weight and what I looked like because I was convinced that that was the fast route to acceptance. I started sneaking extra food like puddings or lunchbox snacks, or one of my favourites was to trim the edge of my mum's cakes and mash it up with ice cream. And I think it was just to escape, to zone out, to not have to think about hard things or get down to homework, to recover from any challenges in the day in a way that was secret and private and just for me. 
by the time I was buying five or six chocolate bars on the way back from school and eating them before dinner, I was definitely packing on the pounds and getting comments about my weight. And over the next 15 years, I tried to replace the food with other things I thought wouldn't make me fat, like booze, cigarettes, boyfriends, and even, insert air quotes here, healthy options like running, juicing, endless short-lived health kicks, all the diets and food plans I could find. I had no idea that what I was doing was binge eating, and all that time I just didn't understand why I couldn't be normal like everyone else. It really felt as if I couldn't do without the chocolate, sugar, cake, ice cream and sweets. If I couldn't get them, I felt panicky and desperate, as if I was at sea in a storm without a life raft. So I had this real love-hate relationship with binging. I needed it as a way to cope, but also I wished so much that I'd never, ever do it again. And that's how it continued, really, for many years. Whenever anything happened that I couldn't see a way through... If I was tired, hungover, socially anxious, if I'd had an argument with a friend, a breakup, a bad day at work, if I felt lonely, resentful, bored, stuck, or just not good enough, food was always there. And when there were young children in the mix, that happened even more regularly, because let's face it, having little kids is no walk in the park. A binge was big enough to take me out of the game in that I had zero energy or motivation or even the ability to be nice to anyone and I just wanted to lie on the sofa and watch TV or sleep. I felt so bad after a binge that whatever the other feeling or problem I was trying to avoid or escape, it was overshadowed. So in that way, the binging did its job pretty effectively. It took me out of myself for a moment and helped me forget. As you've probably guessed, over the years, my weight fluctuated a lot, about 50 pounds, which is 23 kilograms or three and a half stone. I honestly believe the food was the problem and I never looked at the reasons I was eating like that. And ironically, focusing only on what I was eating and in particular the number on the scale was what kept me spinning in a cycle of binge eating and dieting and weight fluctuation and all the other issues that come with that for so many years. I truly believe that if I could just get a grip on my eating and drop the weight, my life would be perfect. Which is why it took me so long to get to these four changes. And it was these changes that finally helped me drop the binging, stabilise my weight, treat my body like a friend rather than an enemy to battle with, and move into a life I genuinely enjoy and also to accept and like who I am. So, What were the four changes? Well, here they are. The first was to take it slow, to focus on tiny shifts that made a little difference every day. Instead of those all or nothing diets and exercise plans where I was clearing out all the food in the house, bought in loads of new stuff, committed 100% to seeing it through to the letter, because if I didn't go all in, or so I read, I might as well not bother. You know those ones, right? Well, me too. And I'd certainly done that enough times to know it just didn't last. So instead, and you might have heard me mention this analogy before, I envisage myself as a ship in an immense ocean. 
As that ship continues on its course, the captain or the navigator might shift its trajectory by just, say, one degree. And that shift is so minimal, it's barely noticeable as it happens or as the ship continues on its journey. But that tiny shift changes the direction of the ship so much that it ends up reaching an entirely different destination. I began to gradually take small steps forward to find ways to support myself that felt good and that I could keep going with whatever came up on a day-to-day basis. As long as I was doing those little things, I was moving forward and making progress. I was looking after myself in a different way. It meant I no longer fell off the wagon because the steps were so small and easy, they added up without me noticing and they made a little trip up so much more easy to recover from. Now, the steps that work are so individual. They depend on your life, your preferences and characteristics, your people and your work. There are so many things that make you unique. But for me, here are some of the small steps that helped me move forward, especially in the beginning. And I didn't do them all at once, just one at a time until each came more naturally and just became part of my day. So some of the small steps were starting the day with a glass of water and carrying water with me through the day so that I was more likely to stay hydrated, especially after coffee, which I drink a lot of, and wine, which I drink sometimes, luckily not quite as much as coffee. I started going to bed 30 minutes earlier, which at least created more of an opportunity to get enough sleep, even if I couldn't get that sleep. I kind of thought of it as a space for rest. I got outside for at least 10 minutes every day without headphones, so I was listening to the sounds around me and was close to nature, especially the birds, which I found so soothing and a brilliant way to quieten my inner chatter. I began to use kinder and more encouraging words towards myself. You know that internal self-talk, and I picked myself up on it whenever I started beating myself up. I got curious about why I was turning to food. To start with, that was something I could only do afterwards, but it gradually showed me so clearly what needed my focus. I began to pay more attention to what I actually liked rather than what I should do or what another person expected me to do. It was so interesting and actually not as risky as I originally thought it would be because I didn't have to change anything right away, just notice. I also made myself easy substitutes for a typical binge food, but made it with more nourishing ingredients. I remember an early one was chocolate spread, a substitute I found that really did help me get through the times I still wanted to binge or to overeat, but with less of a negative impact on my brain, my emotions and all the other physical stuff that can come with a binging episode. So those were some of the really small changes that helped me at the beginning. Maybe you'd like to try some, or if you'd like to explore and find others that work better for you, there is a guide you can download, of course for free, that will take you through the process and you can find that in the show notes at yoyofreedom.com forward slash 11. The second change I made was to stop putting my life on hold. That old line, I'll do it when I'm slim, I'll be happy when I've stopped binging, I'll be good enough when I've got myself together. For nearly 30 years I've been waiting until I was different before I got involved in my own life. 
It was me saying, when I'm slim and healthy and I don't overeat, I'll be confident, go swimming, get fit, have fun and feel carefree, find success as if success was something I'd just stumble across. I'd be liked, I'd be good enough. While I was focused on food, it was as if I'd pressed the pause button on the rest of my life. That well-worn phrase, what you focus on gets bigger, yep, that was definitely the case for me when it came to food, my body and to binging. So I stopped waiting and I started building in more of what I enjoyed. It took a while and again there were big things and small things in there like arranging to see a friend for a coffee instead of waiting for them to contact me, choosing a movie I wanted to watch even if no one else in my family was interested, trying out paddleboarding and sea swimming going to see my favourite band. And this is a change I'm still working on. I'm still allowing myself to do things just for me. A fantastic friend of mine is 50 very soon and I still had to stop and have that conversation with myself about how it was okay to meet up with her for a few days, to take a day off work and to leave my family to go it alone. And of course, they'll be absolutely fine and have tons of fun without me there and probably revel in it. And I am so looking forward to it. I call those moments of joy, those moments of showing up in your own life and doing and noticing what you truly love, food for the soul. And again, if you'd like to read more about creating your own food for the soul, I'll put a link in the show notes. The third change was discovering the foods that I liked and that felt good for me when I ate them. This one was another huge change for me because I'd been so used to looking outside of myself for answers as to what and how I should eat. I was the woman who followed the experts. New diet, I am in. Next best thing, bring it on. Someone just had to tell me what to do and I would do it. I was convinced that I got it so very wrong that I needed someone else to tell me what to do because I couldn't trust myself at all. I went to the diet clubs, drank the juice with spirulina, fasted and restricted, counted macros, took supplements, exercised more than I was ready for so it hurt. I went to CBT, counselling, hypnotherapy, aromatherapy, nutritionists, psychologists and doctors. And although I learned important things along the way, it never stopped the binging and certainly never for long. A major turning point for me was when I turned inside and started to ask, what really feels good for me? Do I like this? Could I keep doing this in the long term? Here are a couple of examples. One slimming club, I remember, sold recipe books and I used to always make these curries from them. They were food, but they were pretty grim. I just didn't really like them, but I ate them because it was what I should be doing and supposedly I was allowed to eat a lot of them. It was a fair amount of cooking effort for little enjoyment or satisfaction. I decided no more eating food that I didn't actually like, even if someone else said it was a good thing to do. And when I found something I liked, something that felt good in my body and was easy to make, I had more of that. Another example, although this one's not about food, is running. 
I've got a lot of super fit friends who are always out running or cycling or training for some massive challenge and they're usually smiling as they do it, which I've never understood. I've tried running and at one point I even got up to 10 miles, but I just didn't enjoy it as much as other things. So now I don't do it. I like walking and I like yoga and I've just found this fantastic app which has lots of mini five minute strength workouts in it and those things make me feel so much better. And that's what leaves me smiling rather than watching other people smile. So I started eating and moving in a way I actually enjoyed and I stopped eating and doing what I didn't like. Looking back, it was by letting go of what I didn't enjoy and by not letting all the shoulds around my choices get to me that I was able to open the time and the space in my life to fill it with more of what felt good and more of what was sustainable for me. That really supported me in stopping binging because for me, binging was very often a way of running away from or hiding or ignoring what I didn't want or like. So by creating more that I did enjoy, much of the binging fell away almost in the background. And the last change I made was to start seeing a binge episode as a signpost. Those first three changes were all about finding what felt good for me and moving towards it on my own terms, taking small steps in the right direction, doing things I wanted to do now rather than waiting, and finding what felt good for me instead of just doing what was dictated by someone else. This fourth change that probably made the biggest difference for me was starting to think of the binge as a signpost directing me towards something in my life that I needed to take a closer look at if I was going to resolve it. So it was really interesting because instead of being something to suppress or squash out, the binging became something to move towards. Taking a closer look at why the binging was happening was also probably the most challenging because for me, eating like that was a way to numb out, to ignore my feelings, to avoid my situation, to keep pushing through or to not face up to something that I needed to do or change or resolve. Food had become the go-to when I was demoralised, lonely, sad, frustrated, bored or my self-esteem hit a low. And having little children, oh my gosh, if ever there's a way to reduce your resilience and bring all the underlying issues to the surface, that's got to be it. Which meant that bit by bit, I began to see a binge or overeating episode not as something to stuff away along with the empty cake boxes I shoved under my sofa but instead as something to move closer to. Sometimes I found simple solutions to what came up, like drink more water, go easy on myself when I was tired, book in a couple of hours childcare so I could take a break, but sometimes it needed more thought. These sorts of questions came up for me. Why was it so difficult to ask for help when I needed it? What should I do about a friendship that felt consistently draining? Where was I saying yes when I really wanted to say no? That was where the binging ran so much deeper than just the food I was eating. And it was through addressing those areas of my life, my choices, my thoughts and my feelings that things really began to change for the better and the binge eating became less and less. As I reflect on those four changes, I can see how they all tie back to self-worth. 
allowing myself to take it slow, tiny step by tiny step to find what was right for me, stopping putting my life on hold until I measured up to some standard I'd set myself, tuning in to what felt good to me rather than to what someone else told me I should do, seeing a binge as a single episode and a signpost to something in my life I needed to take a closer look at. So as you consider whether any of those four changes might be useful for you too, or whether there's something else that you kind of instinctively know will take you a little closer to dropping the binging or overeating and to truly thriving in your life, I'd just like to take a moment to remind you, you're brilliant already exactly as you are. The food is something completely separate to who you are as a person. The world is just a better place because you're here in it. The binging or overeating is here right now, but you will find a way through it. After all, you're listening to this podcast, which shows that you're still moving forward. You're still looking for answers. You haven't given up. And because of that, you'll keep taking those small steps. One day you'll look around and you'll see that the binging and overeating have gone it for today's episode thank you for listening subscribe to the yo-yo freedom podcast for more insight tools and support as you pull back from binging and overeating and step into your most authentic vibrant life if you found this episode helpful it would be wonderful if you'd take a moment to rate the yo-yo freedom podcast on whichever platform you listen on thank you so much bye-bye for now